I say, you know what's very, very funny? What? A man dressed in woman's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ribbon good yarn. Hello and welcome to the Oncast Grand Rewatch. My name is Dom. As one half of the Oncast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. So we now live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots, and we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. With that in mind, we're here to provide a weekly retrospective on some of the biggest franchises in cinema history, giving you a full spoiler rundown of each film in a series, including plot summaries, analysis and behind-the-scenes trivia. This week, we're concluding our rewatch of the M. Night Shyamalan superhero series by watching the 2019 movie Glass. In cinemas now, starring James McAvoy, James McAvoy, James McAvoy, James McAvoy, James McAvoy, James McAvoy, Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, and Sarah Paulson. We just got back from the cinema, so we're doing a very quick um, first reaction episode. Um, this is the big finale. We've been talking about these movies for the last couple of weeks, as you probably saw. We did Unbreakable, we did Split, and now we've just got back from the cinema having watched Glass. The latest M. Night Shyamalan movie. The, the latest addition to the Shyamalaniverse. The Shyamalaniverse. He's got this, this one... S- the East Rail 177 trilogy. Which is exactly what we thought. <laughs> we, we figured it out last we week. We figured it out so quick. Like, <laughs> for, like from, the, from the dubbing of the name that they gave. Ugh. It's called the East Rail 177. Oh, Kevin, well, Kevin Stabbers on the, the train. In that case, that, that, that then. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Figured it out. Figured it out. It was really hard. Fuck's sake. It was but, really well, cryptic. No, well, I suppose the, there's elements of it we didn't figure out, but we'll get to that, maybe. Right. So, let's not do full spoilers, anyway. Okay, I but, think we should do... Because there's a lot in this film that I would consider spoilers, mm. and then there's some of this film that I would consider not. Okay. So I think we should move away from our normal trend... And have a spoiler section and a non-spoiler section. Okay. So um, let's just do non-spoilers to start with anyway. Yeah. Wait, and then your... I'll put a time code in. Yeah. I'll put a time code in so if you don't want to know about spoilers... Yeah. Okay. Then that's when you can shut off and listen to us after you've seen it. Sure. Okay, fine. Cool. So... So is the thing about Kevin's dad already a spoiler? Um, not really, because we spoke about it last week. Yeah, but the fact that it's confirmed... The theory... Anyway, whatever. So... As you walked out, what was your initial thought as you walked out? So, <clears throat> well, you walked out 20 minutes in, which wasn't good. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. You stayed I, for the whole thing. I, I checked out at one point, and then I sort of checked back in. But my initial thought when watching that was, fuck me, that was long. My okay. second thought after that was, that was all right. Yeah. Which is really disappointing. Yeah. I think... Okay, so my I've been thinking about it, and I think my, the conclusion I've come to is this: is that I like I like the performances. Yep. I like the characters. I like the story. What I didn't like, and what I just wish it had a better script. Okay. I just so the story, like the whole idea of the story, and the idea of there being like there's this. I mean, if you've seen the trailers, you understand the principle is that they're all locked up in the mental asylum. Yeah. And they have this conceit whereby. The doctor is trying to convince all of them, all these characters, that it's all in their heads and it's not real. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was cool. I thought, and it got them all to start questioning themselves, and 
that was great. And watching them all interact it makes with one you another. question it as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. And watching them interact with one another was great. Any, yep. any scene with Samuel Jackson and James McAvoy together, yep. I thought was really good. But yeah, I just wish the script was better because he just he can't do dialogue. So my <laughs> thought process in this was, oh, Shyamalan's become a better director, followed by, huh. Shyamalan's become a worse writer. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, <laughs> it's like the direction at points again is really good, but then sometimes it's just really. It, he's gone back to his old habits from Unbreakable, where he did like really odd shot selections. Where he yeah, like, just like zoomed really close to Sarah Paulson's face. Yeah, like for no reason, just like, and like the person you can't see the person she's talking to. You can just see her. And it's like, yeah, and or the I, back of someone's head or whatever. It's really weird. Like some of the shots in there were great. Yeah. They were like really, really, really interesting visually. But that all fell apart by the third act. Yeah. Like by the third act, it was just camera there, tripod. Camera there, tripod. He doesn't know how to do an action scene. No. Well, why would he, to be fair? Because that's not what he does. No. But that's where you get a second unit director to direct something like that who has worked on action-based things before. But like... Yeah, that's that's the thing that I kept coming back to. Just like all the dialogue is so like on the nose and just heavy handed, and like but the one that the, the like there were a couple of moments where I just laughed, and like one of them was when there was a bit where you get reintroduced to um, Casey, which is at school, yeah, and then she she gets taken in to buy some teacher because hey, you know that that guy who who abducted you and killed all those girls, <laughs> they found him. You must be really pleased. I'm going to tell your foster family now, and it's like your foster li- family are really happy. Yeah, and it's just like it's Everybody's, so. Ha- there's instructed emotions throughout this entire film, but it's just like, it, and but like, and, and murdered all those girls. Like, you mean the girls that also went to this school that were murdered, like, or whatever? Like, you know what I mean? yes. Yeah. Like, oh God! It, oh. And that's just one of several. Like, they, they just say there's no subtext. It's all text. Yeah. In Comic Sans. In massive font. <laughs> but like, so, so principally, the, the story of the film, the film begins with, um, as we've seen previously, with the Horde abducting young ladies. The Horde is suspected. The Horde is suspected. <laughs> the Horde is suspected. Everything is, is practically written on the screen for you. Yeah. You're spoon-fed. Um, that's the thing. Is like, that's what annoys me is that He's gone from respecting the audience in Unbreakable, making yeah. it super subtle and super like slow and all the rest, to now he just has absolutely con- like just contempt for the audience. Yes. He just spoon feeds them. So, and, and then there's a big building. I wonder what's going to happen with the big building. And <laughs> <laughs> but and and then so we get that, and then David Dunn is reintroduced along with his son, who was a surprise appearance. I didn't know it was. No, gonna I, be in I this. saw that. I saw that he was in it, and it's the same actor, which is yep. great. They use that to great effect because yep. they're able to use. A couple of the clips or deleted scenes. I think what one of the, yeah one of them must have been a deleted scene from yeah. Unbreakable, um, but you also see bits from the very end of Unbreakable, and it, yeah. they can show that actor and then cut to him now, and it clearly is the same guy. Yeah, which is great. That's cool. Has, I like yeah, that. and that that was used to really great effect, and then uh, and, and then very quickly they are taken into the asylum. And then a large proportion of the film is set in the asylum. And it is about questioning whether these people have abilities or not. But that was really drawn out. Like, I I get it. I I think the the lull came from me. It's like after they they got them all in the prison Mm -hmm. 
And then there was this big lull where everything sort of slowed down for a bit. And then they got the, all three of them in the room together. Yeah. And that's when it sort of picked up again. Yeah. But there was that... I know what you mean. It's like that sort of... set. It wasn't quite the first act. Because I say the first act was leading up to David Dunn finding James McAvoy, the Horde, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And having that fight. And then they get taken away. Yeah. Then that second act, if you like is just re- sort of really slow and meandering yeah. and, that. and then eventually they get to the point where it should have like cut immediately from there to the group therapy session. Yeah. And then it would it would I think just... if this film had opened like over the title sequence of the fight. So that so, fight yeah. being interspersed with the title sequence and then culminating with the title card of Glass with them being arrested. Yeah. Yeah. And then take it in, and then have it as this slow build up to yeah. this final confrontation. Yeah. But like, yeah, and then and the other thing as well, I feel like, and eventually he does get well set, but it, you take so long to get to yeah. Mr. Glass. Yeah. Mr. Glass, he doesn't say anything or do anything for the first hour. Hour. At yeah. least the first hour, yeah. maybe maybe like the first hour and a half. It feels like, and like I don't like, even know how long that film was. No, it was probably about two hours, but like two hours and change probably. I reckon. But like, yeah, I'm sat there. At one point, I turned to you in the movie in cinema, didn't I? I went, "This is called Glass, right?" Yeah. Because at this point, <laughs> all we've done is spend time with David Dunn and Kevin, the Horde, whatever you want to call him, and like, and they keep they show Elijah. Elijah's there, but he's comatose or he's you know whatever, and eventually he kicks in. Two and hours, he, ten minutes. Yeah. And when he does kick in, he's great. He's excellent. He's again the best. It's the same with Unbreakable. He's the best thing about it. Again, he, in this film, is no exception. Although I will say there are some t- towards the end, they do play it a little bit too heavy with the whole um, comic book thing. Where he's oh, like, um, that's done throughout. The, like, there's a point in the film when they start instructing you about comic book stuff. Yeah. Which sounds to me like, you know, when you have an argument with somebody. Yeah. Or or when when you ask somebody something and they don't know the answer, but what they do do is they tell you everything else around that subject. Yeah. Because that proves that they know things and they are clever, but they don't they don't know the answer, but they listen to all the other things that they know. That's what Shyamalan has done in this film. Yeah. He's misunderstood about other parts, about how the story would work. And yeah. he's gone, yeah, but no, I know how comic books work because there's this thing that happens at the end of limited editions. There's this thing that happens at the end of them. And then in other bits, and then there's like a monologue. And then there's this, this other bit as well. Don't, don't think, I don't know what's happening here. I do know what's happening here. I do. I really do. And you're like, shut up. Yeah. Fucking just, read a comic book. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it, like, it's too much. And then like, and then like, Elijah's just maniacally, ah, and then the hero turns because he can't stop because of his sense of good. Stop it now. Stop yeah. narrating. Like, you're narrating it like events as they happen. Like, yeah. we're, we're smart enough to understand that, yes, this is all an analogue for comic book stories. Like, you've made that clear. When it's actually happening in the action, you don't yeah. have to stop to look like, literally, like, turn to not... the camera and tell us what's happening. Yeah. Like, we get it. We know. We're like, and what's worse is it's not even just Elijah that's doing it. It's Elijah's mum. Elijah's mum does it, and then um, Casey gets into it. Yeah. She starts reading comic books, and she starts quoting it all, and, and, and like... Yeah. <laughs> like, Elijah's mum makes sense, like, because they were, like, again, that leads on from the very end of the um, of Unbreakable. Yeah. That she has that great line where it's talking about the two different kinds of villain, 
the mastermind and the physical villain, which was like yeah. when we watched Unbreakable, we sort of saw that that's the seed of what this is going to be, which yeah. they do kind of play out. I mean, that is how it goes. And that's, yeah, which but is, it didn't okay. need to be so ham-fisted. No, it didn't. It didn't. But <laughs> So what, what just... Uh, but and then just the... There were parts of it like I was like, this is really cool. Like, I liked the opening bit where it was David Dunn going out being a superhero and his guy in the chair is his son at home in his ear. Like he's being, yep. being Oracle. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, fucking show me that. That's cool. Yeah. Like it would be great if Bruce Willis wasn't dead behind the eyes. <laughs> like if he just, if he had any sort of soul left, then maybe it would have been great. He, again, I can't believe he fucking phoned it in again. Well, there, there were parts of it right at the start where I thought, Oh, he's going to use a bit of that old Willis charisma. Is he? Because when? he's not entirely monotone when know. you first meet him. And then after that scene, he just, he's gone. He checks out. He's just not now. there. It's just like, I wanted it to be like, I, want, I thought this might be a little bit like what The Force Awakens was for Harrison Ford. Yeah. So Harrison Ford went through this phase similarly where he just checked out. He just didn't give yeah. a shit. And he made a few films where he was just sort of sleepwalking through it. And then he came back in Force Awakens. He came back and played Han Solo again, and he was fucking great. And mm-hmm. you could tell he was really into it, and you could tell that like he was having a great time, and he was funny and charming, and he was yep. like the old Harrison Ford. I want. I thought that might happen with Bruce Willis, although although I suppose the character of David Dunn doesn't really lay, lend itself to that. I just thought he might just be a bit more, give it a bit more oomph. Yeah, like, like he would have. He's been doing this for 10 years. I'd give a shit. Just, just, just please, yeah. please, Bruce, just please give a shit. Everyone else does. McAvoy gives a shit. Samuel L. Jackson's always given a shit. Yeah. Just give a shit. Both like, just, of them. Just one. Both Samuel L. Jackson and James McAvoy, McAvoy put in great performances. Absolutely. I will say, I don't think McAvoy was as good in this no. as he was in Split. No. I feel like he's sort of, yeah. He, as with Jackson as well. I don't think yeah. his performance was as good. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, like I say, it's, it's it's really frustrating because like, I, if they had the exact same story, but it just it was just a tighter, better script that mm-hmm. didn't wasn't so ham fisted and had a bit of subtlety to it and did spend better time with the better characters and stuff. I don't know. I think I would have liked it a lot more. Like, but there's yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, like I say, the, the 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 core of it, the skeleton of it, is okay. Yeah, it's just all the shit of it that comes around around outside of it. Yeah, that sort of makes it fall apart. I don't, I don't know what how much more there is to say without getting into spoilers, really. No, um, one thing I would say is before we get into spoilers, this film feels very masturbatory. It feels like Shyamalan is telling everyone how great he is. Look how clever I am. Look how clever I can be. But he's not. Well, yeah. There's like obviously as it goes on, like it's like he thinks of him, he thinks he is Mister Glass. Yeah, he's the mastermind. He's yeah. the like genius level intellect. Yeah, and everyone else is just dumb like jocks yeah. or whatever. Like I caught you out again. No, he didn't. Although I will say that I did not see the twist coming. No, <laughs> I, I'll give him that. I did not see that. No, happen. I didn't see it coming either. <laughs> And with that in mind, I think we should um, delve into spoilers. I think now. we have to talk about it, don't we? Right. So. Because um, <laughs> there is a twist in this. Yeah. If you're not interested in seeing it and you do want to know the twist, it's fucking stupid. It's fucking ludicrous. <laughs> it's mental. It comes out of nowhere. There's no fucking payoff to it. And it serves as him going, oh, fuck, I need to put a twist in this film. 
Oh, that'll fucking do. I'm going to just write a line around that. I fucking hated it. Did you? I fucking hated Did that you? twist. Oh. Absolutely hated it. Okay. I didn't mind it that much. I've got to say, I didn't. I, I it was I, fucking stupid. I like basically because I liked it just because the bad guy wins. I thought you'd like it because yeah. the bad guy wins. I like bad guy wins. Yeah, but this felt so forced. Mm. Yeah, and it felt so. <sighs> Again, but I feel like that even that idea could have been fixed with a better script because they would yeah. have, they could have sown the seeds for it early mm-hmm. on. And built up to it. Yep. Okay, we're, we're talking around it. I'm just, we're going to have to just say what it is. Because, right, we're in spoilers now, right? Absolutely. So, the twist at the end of this is that there is a secret society that is like... Like some sort of Illuminati background people who have for thousands of years, ten thousand years specifically, um, gone around and stopped there being any superpowered beings, superheroes yeah. or villains alike, and by convincing them they're not heroes. No, I don't think that necessarily is what they're saying. I don't think they're saying that that's what they do every time. Because she said, and this is this is my way of doing it is by training them and. And convincing them that these these fantastic abilities aren't real, and if that fails, we use the machine. What's Brilliant. The, what's the machine? The machine. She literally said the machine. The machine that they were going to use on Mister Glass. That. So yeah. And they keep talking about the MRI scan, and there's this certain segment of the frontal lobe that's clouded in all three of them, which they allude to being their abilities or the center of trauma that would allow them to have these abilities. Doesn't make any fucking sense. No, exactly. <laughs> how, how does that go? What's that got anything to do with being strong or not? Or not having bullets shoot through you? Well, fuck knows. Okay, whatever. Anyways, yeah. So but the idea is that there's a secret society, and their job has been a check on the world to stop any superpowered beings from yeah. ever being revealed to the world because that would ruin the status quo and change everything. And sorry, the the big twist, I guess, is the fact that. There is this secret society, and the doctor, the psychiatrist played by Sarah Paulson, is a member of this secret society, and she's got this ulterior motive to try and either convince them, as you say, that they're not superheroes and get rid of them that way, or alternatively just kill them. Yeah, apparently, and yeah, and, and that's why either happens. kill them or lobotomize them with this magic machine. Them. Yeah, okay, with a magic light machine, which um, doesn't work if you take out three lenses. Correct. Um, it looks like it works, but it doesn't work, and nobody checks. So that <laughs> I mean, fuck like again, like, there are parts of that idea that I like, and then he could have done better. Like the whole idea about like, yeah. The, so in Elijah's thing is like that. Yes, there have been. It's all been based on real things throughout history. People yeah. have talked about, it, and like yep. I like that idea, and therefore the the idea of there being an antithesis of that, which is that. The reason it's never come to light is because there is there is this like Illuminati style society. Yeah, that's suppressing it. Who suppress it for the and they go, we don't take sides. We don't just we don't say right the heroes are all right, but the villains we got to get rid of or vice versa. Yeah, and they we, don't we tra- just take them off to train to be some super exactly. team. We don't, it's not like yeah, and we don't like put them in spandex and send them out. We just get rid of them. Yeah, they just suppress them, and in that way. We could, the I think at one point she says, and that's what I mean. Like there are lines in there, and it's like this is not a 
bad idea inherently. It's yeah. done really badly. Yeah. And she says, there cannot be gods among us. And it's like, yeah, okay. 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 Like that makes that makes I get that. I get the the um the thinking behind it, if you like. Yeah. And I get how the like, right, okay, cool. But you can't throw it in at the last minute like that. No. You've got to like see sow the seeds. Like have it be a secret uh, like facility, not just a place in the middle of the fucking exactly middle of Philadelphia, and like or just I don't know, yeah, just just yeah, like they could have they could have done that well. So when you look about when you're saying about sowing the seeds in there, when we look at stuff like the Sixth Sense, when we look at stuff like Unbreakable, when we look at stuff like Signs, these other things that he's done. There are these. There is this like breadcrumb trail throughout there that, yeah, exactly. that you can look back on and, and be like, it "Oh, okay, yeah, sense. that makes yeah, you're sense." Right. Whereas this one doesn't. Doesn't it just, at it all. Just, it just comes out of nowhere. This is it, and you go, "Huh? Wait a minute." And you go, "Hang on." So is there all the staff at the hospital are they in on it, or is it just a random orderly? Is it just her? Is it just her? What's the because deal? She's got the little tattoo. Why of the do they clover all have on her tattoos of clover? What's that all about? What does that mean? I fucking... like, and, and then she says, "She's the like, end, touch my hand." Touch my hand. Did I convince you? Did I nearly convince you? Touch my hand. And then, yeah. And Whilst what, he's being drowned. But like, I, I, but at the time when it was happening, I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill all three of them. That's how this yeah. trilogy ends, is that they kill the three of them. So yep. they can never be revealed. I'm like, I like that. Yeah. I like that as the end of the trilogy, but the way they went, the way they got there, I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, like, there are, what's, and this, this, so is, this is the thing about this film, is it really, really frustrated me. Yeah. It feels like the kid who's done half of his homework. Yeah. Like, there, there are parts in it that are great, but then there's so much padding that it's yeah. just silly. Yeah. And it feels like it's cheapened both Unbreakable and Split by leading in this half-assed thing at the end. Yeah. And there was so much in there that could be really, that could be used. Like, when you see the reveal of, like, like Mr. Glass... You know, and you're like, oh, he is Mr. Glass. He isn't Elijah Price anymore. And then you realise, and you th- there are parts where you're like, that are quite frightening. Like, there's the bit when he's suddenly outside of his cell. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh fuck, how did he do that? That's yeah. weird. And he's still, like, comatose. Like, yeah. He's not saying anything yet. And, like, there are some great, yeah, like you said, there are some great bits. So there's that scene where... um where he like puts on basically his costume again. Yeah. He's wearing like the leather coat and he's got an MG for Mr. Glass. Fuck me. <laughs> so that obviously got made after he got arrested. I don't know. Or did he have it made before? I don't know. But now he's wearing it. Who cares? <laughs> he's been promoted to wearing it. It's okay now. Um, and I also like the, the, the very, very end. Because uh, again, this is something that we talked about before. I theor- My theory about how this film is going to go is that Elijah wants the whole world to see that yeah. these people are real and he's going to go with this yeah. into fighting McAvoy in a public place and therefore they'll see it. And that was the, almost exactly where it was going. Yeah. And it, that is where it went because he had all the cameras yeah. and then he sent it out to the world and that's it. Unfortunately, what would happen is that the next day, everyone would come, a lot of people would come out and all the um, the secret society would come out and go, oh yeah, it was a, part, it was a marketing campaign or it was, the, like, it was all special effects and yeah. stuff. Like the movie that you just watched, um, because real men can't flip over cars and bend steel. Obviously, it was just it was just like a, just a piston underneath that shows you how they did it, and then that would be the end of it, and no one would ever speak of it again. Or nobody would re- nobody would address it at all. 
Or, or, and yeah, they'd be like, it's like all those other fucking million things on YouTube it's just a, yeah. that nobody watches. It's like, it's just, oh yeah, did you see that thing of the boat bending steel? Yeah. That's probably the best response to it. It's, it's just, not, it's, just yawn. It's no, just, just, just look no, away just, and yawn. It your... reminds me of that. What was that? There was that crap one that went out and it turned out it was for a brand or something where it was like kids surfing on uh, waves that they created by throwing dynamite into the river. Okay, and it was, and it was clearly just, it made they made it look like cell phone footage. Yeah, but in actual fact, it was a very like highly paid marketing agency that had put yeah. it together, and like that's what would happen. But so this whole idea of his of if we leak it on the internet, people will believe, and like, no, no, you won't. No, do you, Elijah, you've been locked up for a very long time. Yeah, do you understand what the internet is now? Yeah, because it's like. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent bullshit. Exactly. And so therefore, no one's going to believe anything exactly. they see on it's it. Clickbait like, and fake news. Exactly. So this whole idea is like, oh, fuck. You you had to have it be like it needs to be in front of a live audience. Yeah. Like they, which is what I thought they were going for with the mm. whole building thing. But clearly, I just didn't have the budget for that. No. Because that's <laughs> and that's another thing that sort of cropped up when I was watching it. I was like, what are we doing with the building thing then? Well, they've got enough money to sort of visualise that in the thing, but when are we going to go there? No, I don't know what the fuck that was all about. That was strange. Unless there's, like, is he thinking he can do more? I don't know. I don't know. I like, really don't know. Is that, I thought it was going to be something like, that's the secret base of the fucking Illuminati people. Or whatever. Mm. And then she said something about going off to the um, next city. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there are more people out there now because they believe, because they've seen this. And it's like, oh, stop it. Just let, let and it it's like one of those things, like, he's he's... Seems to have like trolled the internet and looked around on forums and web pages of people going, Yeah, but they're all in Philadelphia. Yeah, now we've got to go to another city because oh, so they are another city. We're just seeing the Philadelphia story yeah. or the East Rail 177 story. You didn't need to sort of lean in on that. Yeah, like there are plenty of opportunities. You could have done so much on the with the, the sort of the fake news stuff afterwards with it. And being like, right, I would love it's now convincing, or showing it rather than two hours later, show it as a few weeks later, and people are like these things are cropping up all over the world, and people are genuinely now starting to think that this isn't a viral marketing campaign or yeah. something like that. No, I would love it if it was just like, yeah, he posted it and then it faded back out, and it was like two weeks later, and it was like someone on like on a talk show like having a debate about it. Yeah, and one guy going, "It's clearly fake because of this, this, and this." You go, "No, I'm sorry, I, I." I and then have another expert who is like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, but I I know about all about you know faking videos and all the rest of it, and like and seeing where the cuts are, and that's yeah. what I do for a living. This is real. Yeah, this is real, man. And then like it'll have get... somebody on the on the show. Yeah, and then and have like Bruce Willis's son there. Goes, no, yeah, nah, that was my dad. Yeah, and that, yeah, that kind of thing. Like it was again. It was like my one my one bit of Man of Steel. Uh, not Man of Steel, Justice League." No, BVS. BVS. That I liked is when they're having the Superman debate. Yeah. Like, do that kind of thing. Like, make it real world or make it like, what? how would the world politically react to this? And there would be, there would be people taking sides. Some people believe it, some people don't. Yeah. But then the people who were starting to think that maybe they had powers and saw this, that would be the last bit of confirmation that they needed. Yeah. So there is scope there for a sequel, I guess. But like, I would, I think it needs to be taken away from Shadowland now. Or at least what it needs to be is. Like what this should have been is directed by him, maybe, and storied by him, 
and script by somebody else. Yeah. Anybody else. Like, look at, like, I compare it to, like, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. George Lucas did the story. Lawrence Kasdan wrote the script, which yeah. is why it's so fucking good. Yeah. That's what happens. You're a good, sto- you're a good, like, ideas man. Yeah. You don't know how to write a script. Yeah. There's your problem, Shyamalan. So let's, let's just let, like, he can't, he has to be an auteur. He's such a control freak. But it's but that's what I was saying about it being masturbatory. It's it's just so self indulgent. Yeah. The whole thing, it feels like this real pinnacle of him just looking at himself in the mirror and going, "Oh, you're fucking clever, aren't you? You're to gonna ha- show them all." He used to hang out with a bad crowd down by the oh. stadium. <laughs> fucking hell! One of his ten- one of his tenants got murdered outside the building, but it's got people on edge. Yeah, and it's it's funny, isn't it? How he was. In the last one, he was some sort of... Jay Hooker's fan. Jay Hooker's fan. Hooker's. <laughs> in my head, it's Hooker's now. Fucking was in the outtakes. But yeah, and it's... Oh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I, yeah. So, there's so much that I want to say. Like, I, it, some of it should be congratulated. Because the way that Shyamalan uses colour... Yeah. And the way that he is... Is very obvious, but... It's quite powerful in the yeah. framing and stuff. So you can see, like, these interconnected things that are linked by colour. And then you can see these, you're like, okay, this person is different. They're not quite the hero, but they're not quite the villain because they're shown yeah. in this orange light or yellow light, or hmm. which harkens back to Unbreakable. Yeah. So when you see Sarah Paulson lit up in orange light, you're like, oh shit, there's something, there's something not right here. Yeah. Is it that she, we're seeing her as the villain because Mr. Glass does or because David sees her as so? Or is she an actual villain? And it's these little thought-provoking things that are in there. And don't get me wrong, I didn't hate it. I just, I was really frustrated because yeah. it could have been so, so yeah, much it, better. That's the, again, and it's another one of these, and this comes up a lot, is less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it could have been, and it's not, yeah, like I say, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. No. By a long stretch. And it could have been a lot worse than it was. But it just also could have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, it deserved to be better. Yeah. Everybody in it deserved to be better. Yeah. Like McAvoy's performance wasn't as great. No. Samuel L. Jackson's performance wasn't as great. Bruce Willis was in this film. <laughs> Other people were also in the film. I liked the bit where he sidled up to Audrey with her back to us. <laughs> and she said, Audrey, I've got something to tell you. Immediately cut away. Robin Wright is really busy making House of Cards now. So we're going to have to kill you off screen. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, I know, I know, but she's in the league now. What did you not hear what happened to Kevin? Kevin Spacey? No, they killed him mid-season, and now she's the president. So she's like the lead. She can't come make a movie. She's very busy and expensive. So, yeah. See that, Audrey. Jeez. <laughs> there are some very strange decisions in this film. Yeah, but then again, like again, like so the talking about the Audrey thing, like, I thought that was again I dismissed it as being oh they wrote her out. But they found a good way of using that. Like the thing when they when she confronted his son and said to him Yeah, you lost your mum and you think your dad you've been believing that your dad was a superhero since the age of nine. And do you not understand how you need that to be true? Yeah. And maybe you're into it more than he is. Yeah, absolutely. And that was like, 
shit. Like, again, there were little moments like that where it's just like, that's where it was really good. Yeah, it's really... Some of, like... <sighs> yeah, some of it was really good. Like, that moment, I was like, all right, I'm back in. And then, again, that was that was the moment where they were able to then cut back to what I can only assume was a, de- a deleted scene from Unbreakable. Yeah. And that was really powerful because it was, like I say, it's the same actor who played the kid as a child back in 2000. Yeah. And they had this scene with him and Bruce Willis. And yeah, and it was, I can't think of another instance where you can do that. So they used, they really, they played their hand well with that. Um, yeah, I mean. And they bring back Anna Taylor-Joy. And she was good. She, she was br- good. She again, just wasn't in it very much. No, she, again, I think because it, because of the nature of it, they have to service everyone, don't they? Mm-hmm. So they have to spend a bit of time with David's son. They have to spend a bit yeah. of time with uh, Elijah's mum. They have to, despite the fact that Elijah's mum looks exactly the same age as him, which is weird. She's younger, definitely younger. <laughs> Do you reckon? They yeah. look like they look like could be brother and sister. They're both just like oh, older black people with like graying hair, like yeah. crazy grey hair, and they're about the same age. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, weird. But like, but like then there's stuff like when they say about the the trigger points. That are, are the these painful points in their past? Yeah, which again that sticks to the theory that has been going through all of these movies that we talked about last week. Yeah, in that it's an analog for things like X Men and things like yeah, yeah. And then so each each of the three primary characters have a scene in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Bruce's, so we see a flashback to the pool scene. Yeah, which um, we only ever heard about. From the lady with the, the the back of the lady's head as she yeah. was telling it to Bruce Willis. Yep. <laughs> uh, we see uh, the scene with Kevin, and he's up in his loft bedroom, and his mum's coming up and says with a steaming iron, his a yelling at him. She's a fucking monster. And then we also see the aforementioned part with his dad getting on the train. Yeah. Which is a big, which is supposed to be a big reveal, but if anybody in that cinema. Didn't guess that. They clearly weren't thinking. I don't know, actually, to be honest. Because I don't think it's no, that, because, that, but, much, that esoteric, to be honest. No, but, but I don't think they. I don't know if many people would have thought about it as much as you and you and I have. And the fact that or like thought into the fact that it's called the one East Tre, the East Israel One Seventeen. All that stuff, they won't know that. That's not common knowledge, is it? No, but so if you I think th- if, like, if like anybody guy, has seen the two previous films, one is framed around a train accident. Yeah, and is set in Philadelphia. The next film is set in Philadelphia and they say about it being set, the beast being in a train yard and it all stems from his dad getting on that train. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a one line in, in Split. Yeah. You and I would, like, basically the audience members I'm thinking of are the row of blokes who were sat behind us. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're not going to have thought of that. The, the guys that every time James McAvoy became Patricia went... Uh, they find it hilarious. They thought it was really funny because he was putting on a lady's voice. Isn't that funny? <sighs> do you know what was? Do you know what was really funny when somebody did that was when Monty Python did it in the seventies, and how it's not that way anymore because it's not played for laughs. Like when Monty Python did it, it was funny because they were very, being very silly. When you do it now, it's just somebody putting on a different voice and holding themselves in a different way. That's not funny, you fucking idiot. <sighs> Uh, yeah, so that's when you, we think of the audience of this film. I'm like, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm not thinking of like they they would have been blown away by that. 
Oh my god, his dad was on the train. What train? The train from the blue from the from the other one. What? From the blue film. From the from the, from the one the the Mr. Glass one. What? The one with Bruce Willis in it. The one, what, no, Sixth the, one Sense? That, the one that was it was six. Yeah, the train from Six Sense. That's what it is. <laughs> it, it, it was on the train from the Fifth Element. <coughs> Joaquin Phoenix was in it. Uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson was the werewolf in the forest, I think. And uh, yeah, and then uh, it turned out that the grandparents were murderers. That's the same one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so, Gav. They're all called Gav or Dave. <laughs> the names all end with V or Z. Yeah, so... Anyway, (laughs) to to get away from our disproportionate hatred of the common man. (laughs) Uh, It's not that we're better than them, it's just... We are. We are. (laughs) It's it's not that we're better than them, it's just they're fucking scum. Um, Okay, yeah, and... So, (laughs) things that that I want to address... God. Pacing. We've already talked about that. It was all over the place. The writing was weird. The building thing didn't pay off. No. One thing, like, and I keep going back to, <laughs> like, the worst thing about this entire film is Shyamalan. Yeah. Like, almost everything else about it is good. Yeah, pretty much. But it's all the stupid fucking things that he does. Yeah. Like... This is the film that reminds you that he also made After Earth. And, yeah, and exactly. <laughs> like this As I said to you before we went into the film, and like I said last week, this guy is a fucking roulette wheel. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. It's either going to be really good or shit. And this happens to be the one that kind of... This is the exception, I think. Isn't yeah. It? I think because he because it's built on the back of two of his really good ones. Yeah. That's what's unique about it, is that both Unbreakable and Split are great. And then this is standing on the shoulders of giants and reusing the cast and reusing the characters and everything, which means it's got that. Yeah. It has got that some good stuff about it, but he, like say, he's the worst part. He's, he's, he's his own worst enemy. Yeah. He truly is the mastermind. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. Maybe that's it. So there's a section in this readers when we keep say we keep hearing that, Mr. Glass is the mastermind. And that is so clearly written by Shyamalan talking about himself that he might as well pop up as the same fucking cameo character he's been before and gone, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. And like I say, yeah, it's just very much up. Yeah. He wasn't ready for this. Like, <laughs> no, no, it should have been another year. No, I, I, yeah, like I say, I, it's the, his obsessive need to alter things. He can't work with anything. Like, yeah. he just partnered up with another writer or partnered yeah. up with anything. But for whatever reason... Park your ego. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he feels like, no, I know what's best. I know what yeah. needs to happen. I'm going to write it. I'm going to direct it. I'm going to be in it. I'm going to fucking... Write the theme tune. Sing yeah, the exactly. theme tune. And that's just... To his because there were too many elements to juggle here. It works all right when you've only got a couple. Like yeah, Unbreakable worked because it was simple. Yep, Split worked because, because it was simple. simple as fuck. When you get to this, and it is quite complicated, and there are a lot of characters to yeah to juggle. That's when you can admit that you should probably get someone else into your yeah, hat. just somebody to bounce the ideas off. Like because I recently read the um the story about Peter Jackson in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and. 
as much as all the credit is due to as as much as most of the credit should I say is due to him there is this amazing group of pe- of people that surrounded it including Fran Walsh who was so his, his partner yeah, yeah who was so essential to this film set of films being made to the quality that they are mm. that they almost deserve like close to directorial credit as well like they are second note on the in the credits yeah. but for something like this get somebody in to help yeah because you are as it at this point you are very in out of your depth yeah i feel like a lot of our favorite things that we've seen in in, in terms of recent movies anyway if you look at the writing credits it, it, invariably a lot of the time it is a partnership yeah like lord and miller yeah who, you know the fucking spider verse or you know um the guys who are doing the Avengers movies at the moment, yep. like they, they wrote the Avengers and they wrote Civil War and they wrote, and yeah. there's two of them yeah. to bounce ideas off. It's not just one guy with yeah. one vision because that can collaboration work. Yeah, because you, it's like anything when you write anything. If you look at something for too long, you you can't see the wood for the trees. Like yeah. I wrote something earlier. There was a bloody typo in it that I didn't notice until yeah. someone else pointed it out to me. And you wouldn't notice. It's the, that's the exact thing. Yeah. That's what this film is. This film is a film full of typos. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> because he hasn't noticed because he's too close to it. Yeah. But there you go. Right. And that's the thing is this... Is, I, this... I would drop the mic, but it's on a fucking stand. Yeah, and it was expensive. <laughs> and yeah. But like the thing is, that's exactly the thing. That's why there's like this group in there. And it feels like... It feels... that I think the, the one thing that keeps bugging me about this film, and I've gone over it a hundred times already, <laughs> is the ego. Yeah. Yeah. Like Shyamalan knows that he's got good films and he's done good films and he's made great fil- great films, but he seems to be at that point now where he's going, yeah, well, I know what I'm doing, so shut up, I leave me it, alone. I think it's just the he he didn't. I don't think he anticipated the reaction to the end of Split being as positive as it was, and when it was, it just inflated his ego. So yeah. when everyone went nuts and went, oh my god, it's a sequel to Unbreakable, yeah, and they all went mental for it. He goes. Oh shit! I'm great. Yeah, I'm the best. I'm gonna make another one, and then, that, and then just that it all went to his head, and then he just sort of didn't put the time and care and attention yeah. into it that he should have. Yeah. Um. Because say what you will about Split, again, he did, it wasn't slapdash. It was thought about, and it went and it went through the motions, and it built his story, yeah. and it was and it stood on its own. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, like, if you watch this on its own, it's fucking impossible well that's that yeah that was the thing that i was going to raise is if you watch this film on your own on on its own sorry without watching the previous two because somebody asked me earlier said uh, i said i'm going to see glass tonight and they said oh i'm interested in seeing that would you recommend that i watch the other two first yes and i was said and i'd say you could watch split on its own without watching unbreakable and enjoy it you could watch unbreakable on its own without seeing split and enjoy it I don't think you'll be able to see Glass without having without seen the other two no, without being not. able to enjoy it. Absolutely not, no. But that, that's, I mean, that can be said of a lot of trilogies, I guess. Yeah. And something we've come back to a couple of times whereby, but then this is this trilogy is very unique in the, in its modular nature, I suppose. Yeah. Um, those first two are very independent and then they come together to make this whole at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I can't, again... He's, he's ambitious. I'll give him that. Yeah, you can't really deny the like. And apparently, I was reading something the other day where he had the the ending of how it all wraps up. He's had in his head for years. 
Well, this is how he's always okay. seen it going. We probably should have thought about it over those years rather than just yeah. go. Yeah, it was, it's a bit like, again, it come out, it's Star Wars, it's George Lucas, isn't it? It's like, he yeah. had years and years to figure out how the prequels were going to go and then he didn't even go back and watch his own films to make sure it all made sense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, didn't learn lessons. No. Like, Lucas didn't learn the lessons that he learned on A New Hope because he went back and made these other films and screw everyone else. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, same thing. It's the arrogance, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. Never mind. And yeah, I mean, all in all, I would say if you enjoyed Unbreakable and you enjoyed Split, go and see this. Yeah. Just to just to see it. Just to see it out. Don't expect it to be great, but yeah. But there are mo- like, yeah, there are certain like characters aren't underserved necessarily, I don't think. No. Um, so if you're looking for, to see the end of, or the conclusion of the stories of these yeah, characters... Then but they aren't satisfying conclusions mm-hmm. either, to be honest. It seems no, that they've sacrificed strong, clear endings to support a new idea. I guess I, not the only exception out. with that would be with Kevin, I think. I think his, he has a fairly strong... Yeah, ending. so his ending was... I think the other two, particularly um, David Dutton... Oh, God. Shite. Yeah. But anyway, anyway we, we, yeah, let's not get into too many more spoilers. Like I say, if you've enjoyed the previous two, you should go and see it. If you have seen the movie Glass and you're still listening, then you probably shouldn't be listening anymore. Yeah. So we did warn you about spoilers about half an hour ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening for the last few weeks as we've been covering these movies. Yeah, but also let us know, like, if you really disagree with anything that we've got to say about this, yeah. dro- drop us a message. I think this is probably going to be the most divisive one. In, ter- in terms of the ones we've seen at the cinema, I think most, yeah. uh, at this point, pretty much everything we've seen has been more or less well-received, with the exception of The Predator. Yeah, um, dog shit. Yeah, which is fucking... We, but we, again, universally agreed as dog shit, whereas this could split people down the middle and it would yeah. be interesting to see how people react to it. Yeah, because I've seen no No, neither have I. Reactions I've, or reviews. I've purposely been avoiding it, but now that we've I've seen it, I can sort of we can delve into that and start seeing what the yeah. actual reaction is and see other reviews and stuff. Because we, we purposely avoid them so they don't temper our own yeah. Yeah. opinions. Um but yeah, anyway, that's unbreakable. We're done with that whole series of films, the um, East Rail, the, the one, East Rail One Seven Seven, um, and we're now going to move on to something completely different. So the next set of movies that we're going to watch um, is the Lego movies. Yes, because the Lego Movie Two is coming out in about three weeks' time. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to watch the original Lego Movie. Uh, and then we're going to watch the spin-off, uh, the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. And then we're going to go watch Lego Movie 2. Um, but speaking of Lord and Miller, as we just were, the, yep. again, <clears throat> this is what happens when you get a duo of writers. Yeah. So that will be, um, that, there's a segue for you from about half an hour ago. I'm very yeah. tired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Um, find us on all the socials. Um, rate and review us on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week for the Lego movie. Yep. Cool. Right, see you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Um, who's doing the edit? Um, I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I've got tomorrow and Wednesday free. Okay, I'm not free tomorrow, so I couldn't do it anyway. Okay. What are um, you doing? Huh? What are you doing? I'm just going to see my mum. Then I'm going to see your mum.
Hey! Yes! Yes! How many years? Five, four. How, how, how long we know each other? <laughs> oh fuck me! That's gonna take some normalising to keep keep that one in. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh, it's the only time we recorded it. Yes. I win. Oh, I'm I so win. proud of you. Oh, that's it. We that's it. We just our friendship's over now. We're done. The student has become the master. It's <laughs> just tires. My work here is done. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, you know, anyone. Right. Are we recording? Yeah. Yeah. Right.